Here's your basic DIY dilemma, which may have confronted you. You could be at the local hardware store and you're you know, looking up on the wall at all of these abrasive products and wondering, which one is right for me? There's red and blue and black and brown and does the color make any difference? And what material will do the job best for me? And is the $10 one better than the $5 one? And if so, is it twice as good? So let us crack the kooky code on abrasive products today. This report arises as a consequence of a conversation I was having just the other day, incidentally, with a dude who I won't name, but who in my view should know better. And he opined that, you know, red and blue and brown and black was really just marketing and it was all just visual merchandising of essentially the same crap. And I kind of looked at him and thought, were you asleep that day during that lecture? Because that's not how this rolls at all. And it's important to know, right? It's important to choose the right abrasive product because if you get this wrong, it's not going to perform for you. You're going to waste money. It's going to mean more elbow grease or more wear and tear on the tool and a longer interval in between working hard in your own space and actually experiencing the joy of producing something worthwhile at the end of this process. So let's do that. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap for buyers here in Australia. Website for that, or you can just click the card that I sometimes remember to put uh, up there now, dude. Just to detain you for a moment, if you are a regular viewer, this is an unusual context for me because the part of the fat cave with which you are familiar is just there over your uh, left shoulder, I think. Anyway, it is just over there. And this is the wing of the, uh, the fallacial palatial fat cave, which I've been building during the recent lockdown, just upgrading my fabrication slash DIY space. So this is it in all its majesty. And we are going to do a bit more of this stuff on the channel, which would be transitioning people into becoming madmen of metal manipulating mayhem. Yes, and it makes sense to do it here. So this is sort of episode one of that stuff. And I guess the place to start is with the most common abrasive. And it can be in a disc like this. It can be in a disc like this for a bench grinder. Or it can just come in a basic piece of glorified cloth or paper. And it's brown, okay? Mission friggin' brown. This is a steel cutting disc for a five inch angle grinder and it's black on the outside. But if you look down here on the edge, and I'm not sure you can see that from there, but it's the same brown as this. And that's a really easy pro tip next time you're looking at a row of abrasive products. If it's that color, it's aluminium oxide. And aluminium oxide really is kind of the one-size-fits-all, affordable abrasive that is kind of ubiquitous, right? And I don't want to shit-can it too much because it's actually a very good abrasive. It's quite high performance and it does the job. It's available in all of these grits, so happy days. But it may not be as good as some of the others. It's quite resistant to clogging up, but... It does have a little bit of a problem compared with some other abrasives when it comes to wear and tear. See, 
at a deep sort of microscopic level, when you look at the crystals that make up the abrasive, when that material engages with, I don't know, whatever you might choose to grind, right? As soon as it's rubbing along here, and let us not forget that if you're using an angle grinder, most angle grinders are sort of designed to operate at a peripheral speed of something like 300 kilometers an hour, okay? So that's pretty fast. Like imagine driving down the road on a car with the wheels locked and no rubber, just steel on concrete or bitumen or something at 300 k's an hour. That's just a normal day in the office for a disc such as this, okay? So it's a really high-performance product, but these basic crystals, as soon as they start doing the job, the edges of the crystals become degraded. They get microchipped, and effectively, the abrasion is reduced. So the aggressivity of the abrasion falls away fairly rapidly with aluminium oxide compared with some of these other grades. Now, when you're looking up on the wall, you're going to see a lot of brown adhesives in most of these subcategories of product, okay? The next thing you're going to see is blue. And blue is emblematic of a different, a different abrasive, sorry, called zirconium, okay? Like it's zirconium oxide, or they just call it zirk, right? It's a different material. It's just crystalline, hard, aggressive. It's an impact abrasive, just like aluminium oxide. So it does its job by hitting the material at a deep sort of microscopic level. And you can see with both of these kinds of abrasives, if you use them fast enough, like on an angle grinder, you will see a big rooster tail of sparks, which is emblematic of that impact. You've got a stationary piece of metal, you're hitting it at 300 kilometres an hour with a sharp gouge, it grabs some of that material, it belts it and throws it away, and it generates a lot of heat, and that, hence the sparks, okay? One of the neat tricks about Zerk, okay, is that it self-sharpens, in a sense, which is to say that when the crystals interact with the work, like they do their impact voodoo at 300 kilometres an hour, the new chips that come off are sufficiently sharp to maintain the same kind of aggressive edge for longer. So that's a pretty neat trick, and it means Zerk abrasives last longer, and therefore... It's three to five times longer too if you use them.